Uh, well, I'm going to begin by welcoming you here today to First Methodist Mansfield, if we have not met. Uh, my name is David, and I serve as a senior pastor here. And uh, if you're a first-time guest, thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing me the chance uh, to share with you uh, today. We've been in this series called This Is Us, focused on five core values uh, that we seek to live out as a church family. This is the final week of that series, and so I'm going to be talking about the, fi uh, the fifth value, the fifth and final value today. But I want to begin uh, by just reminding you of what we have looked at in previous weeks. And so I want to show you the four values that we focused on again as we think about uh, this picture, uh, a picture that we could share with someone else and say, this is us. This is who we are. This is what our life uh, is all about. And I want to invite you just to read these with me, if you will. So here's the first one. Shared lives lead to change lives. Uh, you've heard already about our next series, Talking with God. If you're brand, near, brand new, you've heard this term, super series. Let me tell you what that means. Uh, there's a couple series every year where we produce a video curriculum uh, to go along with the message series. Uh, we do that for our groups, uh, for them to utilize, but we also do it because of this value, because we believe that shared lives lead to change lives. We believe uh, that making a commitment to be in worship is a great first step, uh, but dramatic transformation in our life often happens when we take that next step uh, and when we connect with one another, sharing life with one another, that if you want to grow spiritually, you must be connected relationally. Here's the second one. Let's read this together. Everyone has a next step. No one gets to walk in one uh, Sunday or one Saturday night and say, I'm done. I figured it all out. I'm a finished product. There are none of those around here. Everyone has a next step, regardless of what life stage you're in or how long you've been following Jesus. Everyone has a next step, and part of what we seek to do as a family of faith together is encourage and inspire one another to continue to take those next steps. Uh, here's the third one. Followers of Jesus help others follow Jesus. Not something that only a few do, but rather this is something we believe that we are all called to do, to follow Jesus and in that process to help others follow Jesus. Here's the fourth one. Living like Jesus means living generously. Uh, I'm not going to preach last week's message again, so some of you can say amen right now, but I will say this, uh, that we talked about last week, that if you've, if you've thought the only reason that the church ever talks about generosity is because they're about to pass the offering plate again. Uh, if that's your mindset, go listen to last week's message because we talked about the connection between our growing in Christ and our giving, our generosity with others. Here's the last value. Read this with me. Serving Jesus means serving others. Now, what you may think first is, that's a this is, we should talk about this this weekend. This is a timely topic, right? As you think about all that uh, we have seen, the stories that we have heard, the, the images that, uh, that, that have dominated uh, the, the news coverage over the last uh, week or so, serving others is, boy, that's what we're all thinking about, right? We're all thinking about the, the needs that people have all around us. Uh, uh, as we think about our neighbors to the southeast, all those living along the, the Texas coast, uh, dealing with the devastation, those who have been rescued, and, and, and as the waters recede now, thinking about the first step in a long road of recovery. We're, we're, we're already thinking about this, right? 
And my guess is that over the course of the last few weeks, or the last, uh, last week in particular, there are two thoughts that you have had, two feelings, emotions, experiences that you have had and I have had, we've all had together. The first is that feeling, that sense of being overwhelmed by the need that we see. Uh, needs that we can't even fully understand now. There, there, there are needs that will be revealed to us in the coming days of, of just how dramatic and how, how desperate that those who live in that area are going to be. We, we have a sense of being overwhelmed by that need. But the second thing I, I, I'm guessing that you have felt is you've also felt incredibly inspired and encouraged as you've seen the way people have responded to that need. And rather than telling you a, a, a few stories, um, again, many of the, those that you've already heard, I just wanna show you a few images because again, picture speaks a thousand words. Uh, so I want you to, to, to see these images, uh, some of them that you've already seen this week. Again, as you think about those two things, the, the, the sense of being overwhelmed, but also the sense of being so encouraged and inspired by what so many have done to respond to the needs uh, that are, that are uh, now there with our neighbors to the southeast. So uh, just look at these images with me. That last image, of course, being the, the thing that many people saw for the first time uh, over, uh, over the course of many days uh, this week, uh, prayers answered by uh, what so many have offered, uh, who have thought about the devastation, those who have been displaced waiting to return to their homes, the, the, the real joy of seeing the sun again. Uh, what does that mean to see the sun again after, after, so many, after so many dark days? Again, overwhelmed by the need, but again, inspired by what so many have done, thinking about first responders and, uh, and those who got in a line on the highway with a boat just to go to the area to see what they could do to, to see how they might participate in the rescue. It's, it's, incredibly, it's incredibly inspiring. And you have participated in that. You as a church family have participated in that. Last, last week we talked about that uh, we, as needs become known to us, we will share those with you. Uh, and, and so what we shared last week was just the first thing that we knew that was going to be needed, cleaning buckets and health kits. Uh, and you responded in tremendous ways uh, in sharing those. Uh, we also on Thursday morning uh, sent a team uh, down to the Corpus Christi area. They've been working there. Uh, a team of individuals in our church who were specifically 
specifically trained uh, in disaster response in that early stage. I'll show you a picture of this team I got uh, just the other day. Uh, this is them, again, in the Corpus Christi area. This was just a picture that Susan, uh, who's our outreach uh, director, sent to me. Uh, and I'm just looking through this picture. Uh, here's Pastor Mike, our former senior pastor. Uh, he was able to make that trip. And as I was looking at this picture, I was like, oh, there's... There's Bishop Snazy. He's the bishop in the Rio, Texas conference area. He stopped by uh, to say thank you for those, uh, to those individuals. But what they took with them, uh, that team also was able to take with them uh, uh, 600, over 600 health kits uh, that you brought to the church between last weekend and Thursday morning at 5 a.m. when they left as well as 127 cleaning buckets that, again, over the course of those few days, you were able to bring to the church. Now, if you've never participated in putting one of those together, it's about $55 worth of stuff in that cleaning bucket. So uh, that's about $6,500 worth of your generosity that was taken down uh, to that area to help those uh, who are in need. And, and that was just what was here on Thursday morning at 5 a.m. When they, when they got on the road and, and headed south. Uh, a few things that I know uh, have happened since then. Um, this is our men's basketball group. They meet here on Sunday nights, play basketball, uh, and when needs like this come up, they, they say, hey, what can we do? So they raised over $1,000, uh, and this happened on Wednesday night. Uh, they put together 20 cleaning buckets, uh, got them here Thursday night, so those are not a part of the ones uh, that have already been sent south. Uh, this next picture, uh, this is the Home Builders uh, Sunday School class. Uh, and they met uh, on Friday night uh, to uh, gather all these supplies together, each of them contributing different things that go in these cleaning buckets. Uh, those buckets uh, will be brought this weekend. And again, all of that will be heading south as well. Uh, Thursday morning, uh, after uh, meeting with other pastors uh, in our community, as well as our mayor and other city officials talking about uh, how we're responding to evacuees, I, I came to the office and there on my desk was an envelope choked full of gift cards that someone had just left there saying, hey, let's, uh, this is for you, May, get this to first responders, get this to evacuees, and, and, and that's where that will go. Uh, a great thing to see on your desk first thing uh, on Thursday morning. And then the other thing uh, that happened on Thursday morning was I, I simply shared uh, two names uh, on Facebook, uh, individuals who I was praying for. Uh, one of them uh, named Tom. Tom is a first responder in that area, a former member of our church who was relocated uh, to Southeast Texas, uh, praying for Tom. And also praying for Andrew. Andrew, a young man who grew up here in our church, uh, had the chance to do his wedding a couple years ago. He's now a member of the Texas National Guard, uh, who's there in Southeast Texas, uh, helping those in need. And what I asked uh, on Facebook was, hey, would you just share with me the first name? Just share with me the first name of someone who you are praying for today uh, as we think about the great need uh, that is to the south of us. Uh, here's some of those names. Foster, Tate, Sloan, Sarah, Connor, Josh, Matt, Jim, Stephanie, Joanna, Marianne, Scott, Donnie, Dina, Dina, Jamie, Lola, Olin, Bert, Beverly, Mary Lee, Neil, Kristen, Barbara, Ken, Andrea, Eric, Jose, Christy, Chris, Joe, Shirley, 
Scott, Karen, Katie, Mike, Jack, Melissa, Joe, Charlene, Marcel, Dyke, Robbie, Michelle, Robert, Billy, Mike, Jamie, Ashley, Katie, Jennifer, Will, David, Amanda, B, Drew, Amy, Gunter, Mike, Rhonda, Susan, Robert, Linda, Bonnie, Jenny, John, Aaron, Josh, Teresa, George, Jessica, Jason, Tammy, Jacob, Kim, Rachel, Dan, Al, Ben, John, I think we're about halfway by the way, Craig, Aaron, Lindsay, Rob, Crystal, Rodney, Prissy, Scott, Tom, Kathy, Bob, Susan, Jamie, Susie, Leanne, Jason, Shelly, Vicki, Tad, Christy, Jeff, Brent, Eliza, Portland, Katie, Austin, Jeff, Christina, Katie, Mark, Hannah, Austin, Pat, Doug, Sharon, Teresa, Betty, Michelle, Stephanie, Paula, Brian, Kathy, Joseph, JP, Kelly, Brandy, Whitney, Jennifer, Weston, Ann, Kelly, Carol, Pat, Jim, Jackie, Will, Austin, Lauren, Les, Fran, Jeff, Britt, Terry, Kelly, Rachel, Timber, Jenny, Debbie, Gina, Melissa, Mark, Todd, Jeannie, Denise, Stephanie, Julie, Jim. Overwhelmed by the need and yet inspired by how so many have responded. But today I want to add a third uh, idea uh, to, the, to what we have experienced, uh, a question that maybe some have already begun to ponder, but a question that I know in coming weeks more of us will begin to think about. And the question is something like this, why not? Uh, why, why do we not act this way and speak this way and serve this way all the rest of the time. It's kind of that, that cynicism that brews up in us when we remember that we have such a short attention span. Uh, it, it's, it's that feeling of, uh, of seeing uh, Congress on the steps of the Capitol praying after 9-11 and yet we, we think to ourselves, why, why, why can't we just capture that? And why can't we live that way every day? And what I want to encourage you today to think about, in, in advance of many of you beginning to ponder that question, 
is I want to encourage you today to consider that there's actually a much better question. That rather than asking why not, a better question for us to ask would be why now? What is it about experiences like this that enables us and encourages us to behave in the way that we do? Those who may have never thought of doing it before are suddenly in the truck heading south or putting together a cleaning bucket or pausing in the morning to pray for someone they know who uh, they haven't heard from or who is displaced for their home, from their home or someone who they know uh, is a first responder working tirelessly just to make sure that as many people are rescued as can be. Why now? Why do we act in these ways? Why do we feel what we feel? Why do we, why do we respond in the way that we do? And, and here is what one of the early Christian writers says about that. This is 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 20, and then you'll see verse 21, uh, where we find we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Here's verse 19 again. This, is a, this would be a good verse to memorize. It's very simple. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. And so just a moment ago, I read to you, if I counted right, which is, that's a big question, but if I counted right, I read to you the names of 171 individuals. And certainly, as, as I was sharing those names with you, maybe you didn't have the chance to add a comment to that post, I know many didn't. You, in hearing those names, you were thinking of a name of somebody. You were thinking about a family member or friend or someone who, who you know. All of those names being shared. Over the course of the last few days, many people were introduced to someone new in a way that maybe they had never expected before. Someone who showed up and said, my name is Scott, I'm here to rescue you. Well, nice to meet you, Scott, thank you for coming. My name is lots of people being introduced for the very first time, many of whom they may never see one another again because the rescuer took them to a boat or to a, uh, to a truck and they were uh, taken out of harm's way and the one who did the rescuing simply went to the next home. Lots of people being introduced, lots of names being lifted up in prayer. But, but this is what 1 John 4, 19 through 21 means. It means that no need and no name was new to God this week. In other words, there wasn't a moment where God said, oh my, me, I didn't know that they were there. You'll get that on the way home. I didn't know that that person lived in Houston. I forgot that they, I didn't know. No need and no name was new to God. No name that was lifted in prayer. No need that was revealed 
in the aftermath, none of those things were new to God. So why do we do what we do in moments like these? Why, why now? Why do we respond in this way? Well, here's what I would suggest to you, that, that in a moment like this, we have unknowingly wandered into an intersection. And it is the place where God's immense love intersects with the world's deep need. And we were just wandering by. We found ourselves there in that place of intersection, the place where God's love and the world's need collides. But here's what we discover. Here's why what happens now is not what continues to happen for days and weeks to come at times because we actually don't have the capacity within ourselves to stay in that place. That's what happens when we go from the feeling of compassion and empathy that overwhelms us, and then the next day we find ourselves thinking, I have to find some gas for my car. Because we actually don't have the capacity to stay in that intersection, to stay in that place. But an eternal, an eternal, An inexhaustible God thrives there in that intersection between God's heart and the world's need, God's love and the world's pain, God's desire to heal and restore, and the prayers of those who cry out for healing and hope. God never grows weary of being in that place. Because God is eternal, God is unchanging, God is infinite, God is inexhaustible, but we will inevitably tire without the renewing presence and power of the one in whom love and mercy and grace begins. For we can only do what God has already done and what God enables us to do. We love because he first loved us. We serve because he first served us. We give because he first gave to us everything that we do. We do as a response to what God has already done. So this week as we finish this series and as we think about the needs of our neighbors as we consider how inspired we have been to see the response to that and we continue to say, what can we do? How can we help? How can we respond? There are three things I want you to hear this weekend. Three things so that on Monday morning, when someone at, ch- at, at your work asks you, what did your pastor talk about this weekend? Because that's probably what happens for most of you on Monday morning, right? When, when that question's asked, here's what I want you to say. We talked about first that we believe serving Jesus means serving others. That's one of the core values of my church. That's what we believe in. We believe that serving Jesus means serving others. The second thing he said, the second thing he told me to remember is he told me to remember and he reminded me, he challenged me by saying this, we are in this for the long haul. Now, you may ask, well, didn't you just say a moment ago, like, we're, we can't stay in the long haul because we're humans and we're, we're frail. Well, that's true. 
but we love because he first loved us, and so we're going to continue to do what we believe God has called us to do, the attention span of the evening news, which I know even calling it the evening news kind of dates me. But anyways, is not the same attention span of our hearts because our hearts are directed by the heart of God. So we're in this for the long haul, and I have no idea what that means, but that's our heart, and that's our commitment. And here's the third thing. The third thing is I want to give to you right now the answer that you're going to give when someone in the coming days or the coming weeks or even the coming years asks you, why are you doing that? Why does your church believe in that? Why is your church going to serve those people? Why is your church talking about this? Why, why are you doing what you're doing? This is the answer that you can give very clearly, very simply. You're going to say, we do what we do because of what God has already done. We do what we do because of what God has already done. Serving Jesus means serving others. We love because he first loved us. We don't do what we do because we're just all really, really nice people and we decided to get together. But we do what we do because of what God has already done for us and what God invites us to do for the world. And so what I wanna invite you to do today is to join me in a moment of prayer. And as we go to God in prayer, I want you to simply hold in your mind, focus your intention on a name, someone who you have been praying for this week, someone who you have been thinking about this week. I want, you to, I want to invite you to simply close your eyes and take a moment and focus on that name. Focus on that person. Focus on what you might know about their need. Or focus on how their need might grow over the coming days and weeks and months. invite you to think about why you love them. And why you care about what's going on in their life right now. Think about why you value them. Think about what you want for them.
Lord Jesus, today we lift up brothers and sisters. We lift up, Lord, the vulnerable and the frail. And we lift up the heroic and the courageous. We share with you, Lord, how desperate so many of us feel, how helpless so many feel in response to the need that surrounds us. Lord, we ask that today you would remind us why we do what we do and why over the course of recent days we have experienced and felt these things. We've had the chance, Lord, to wander into the place where you always reside. To experience, if only in a very small way, what it is like for you to see your people in need. And so in times like these, Lord, we turn to you, not only asking for your help, but also, Lord, that you would enable us to be the help that others need. Today, Lord, we take a first step. We know there are many more to come. And so we, play, we pray for wisdom and for direction. We pray for help to come. Thank you, Lord, that all these prayers lifted, all these names shared, all, all of the needs, that you, Lord, already know them even better than we do. And so as people of faith, we turn to you and we ask that you would send us with the power of your presence and your grace to do for someone else what you have already done for each of us. All these things we lift today in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.